Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express as we've moved now fully secured in Trieste. Uh, and so at the top of the show, we would like to thank all of our listeners and all of our Patreon supporters, any new members, any new and coming back members as uh, as things may happen. We appreciate that as too. And any support you can give us is super helpful. So if you are interested in supporting the show and all the fun we get onto, join us at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. And so now we'll transition to our introductions phase where we'll hear from tonight's investigators. To my right. Hi, this is Mike, and I play James Robert Fraser, who's feeling a little bit weary at the moment. Yeah, you've had a, a bad night. You've had just a bad night, and you don't have many you don't have many of these, but um, this one really caught up with you. It's just like the energy completely sapped from your body somehow. I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah, it must just be all the exertion of the last few days taking its toll. I, I tend to plus agree. A, plus, he took a little bit of a tumble out uh, in, the, in the Windy City. Yeah, 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 that's true. Perhaps the Bora has uh, gotten into your blood. Uh, to Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, this is Rena, and I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I'm feeling a little bit trepidatious about this team up with the professor I'm doing. Yeah, I think this is going to be, we'll say a... A moment or two of discovery will happen today. It may not be your personal discovery. It may be someone else's, but I guarantee you, you will learn something new today. At the end of the table. Hello, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and I think I'll be taking a nap with Jim today. That seems like a double entendre we won't wait into. To Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, and I just had a lovely chat with Paul. Yeah, it's it seems that you and Paul have um, come to an understanding about some of the ways and methods you could perhaps um, get some energy out. Maybe what this is, is that you just you need a certain sort of directive purpose for that energy. And um, hopefully Paul has been helpful. And last but most certainly not least. I'm Martin and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And uh, Richard's still hoping that, you know, Maggie's OK, but. Doesn't remember too much about what happened at the end of Venice. I think that's probably your best hope in a lot of different ways, Professor, that she doesn't really remember maybe some of the things that went on. Because at some point, she might ask what you thought you were doing. That said, we're going to open this episode uh, back in the hotel in Trieste. And some of the investigators are getting collected together and uh, getting prepared to go out into the town that day, hopefully with a little less of a windy condition. And they're going to sort of explore the library. That seems the professor had some very important things to do. So we're going to start right there with 
Lady Elizabeth and the professor walking out of the hotel. At this point in time, just so we keep all the collective timeline threads together, Maggie and Paul are speaking privately inside uh, a room uh, sort of off camera, just so that we understand where they are. And Mr. Fraser is laying down. He's probably very tired. Uh, and Simon, having only slept a couple of winks, he's uh, he's relaxing. So we're center camera directly on Lady Elizabeth and Professor Courtney, the odd couple as it were. I believe we were going to a museum of some sort. Uh, yes, quite. There, there was a, a rather a good one, as I understand, from the Traveler's Companion. Why, Professor, is this so important to our mission? Can you give me some background, please? Um, well, only a little, I'm afraid. Um, if you remember the note that uh, we were given from Professor Smith said that uh, we should look in a museum. Ask for a, a Johann Winkelmann, and uh, he may be able to help us with a, a, a fragment of the, of the simulacrum. Aha. Well, let us carry on, then. Don't want to waste the daylight. No, you, you did say you wanted to visit the library afterwards, which I, I'm sure would be an excellent follow-up. Nice and quiet. Yes. yes, they are, aren't they? The museum itself, it's a situated near the top of a steep hill. You sort of get a rough map the hotel provides you of the area. Very complimentary, happy to help. They recommend for ease of use that they could call you a taxi rather than having to walk. They say the wind isn't as bad as it was last night, but the Bora is still blowing. And so to go up the hill could be a bit of a challenge. Definitely going to take a taxi if one's available. Yeah, so the museum they mentioned doesn't open until 10 a.m., so they invite you to have breakfast if you haven't already or to perhaps have some tea and maybe pause just slightly in your morning movements so that way you enjoy the view. Well, I've had breakfast already, so I'll have some tea. So Richard will definitely have some tea. He's not been that hungry these days, so he's going to miss breakfast. Okay. You're still not 100%, Professor. You're still trying to recover from everything that happened in Venice, both mentally and, and quite frankly, physically. It was a rather trying time. But tea is had. You have the ability to read the morning Italian paper uh, that's available to both of you. There's nothing here in English at this point. In fact, why don't you both make me spot hidden rolls? The dice are not being kind to me today. That's a 91. Zero four, under 63. Nice. Yeah, that's a nice roll. Uh, so for you, Lady Elizabeth, you notice that there aren't any English papers. Not just that they're a few days behind. Not just that they're maybe some French papers. There's nothing here in English or French. It is all Italian. Is there a waiter or a hotel staff member I can ask? Oh, certainly. I mean, they're a member of staff here. They're mm -hmm. the same people that serve you your tea. When one comes to refill the tea, I'll ask, uh, excuse me, do you happen to get any uh, French papers or, or perhaps English at this establishment? He looks very apologetic. No, uh, 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 lady, we, we do not. We, uh, 
We no longer carry um, outside papers. Really? Why is that, if you don't mind me asking? Um, it, um, the laws um, they passed down uh, a few years ago about uh, other languages being taught in the schools. They, some of them apply to establishments like ours. And so getting um, those papers that you asked for, English ones, or even French, they're mostly um, cafes on the street, smaller establishments. I see. How odd. Well, thank you for your help. I suppose I'll find something while I'm out today. So you sit, you have your tea. Professor, you probably do a little bit of relaxing. Eventually your brain probably sort of gets wandering off on any number of tangents. It's at this point, we'll say about half an hour or so has passed. You're, you're probably looking closer towards uh, about 9 or 9.30. So the staff let you know that they'll begin signaling for a taxi so you can be sort of the first people to the museum today. And then round about that time, Miss Bellinger, you are finished with Paul. And so you'd be available if you wanted to join them downstairs. They wouldn't, you wouldn't know they were downstairs, but when you exit back out in sort of the main center area, either you find a sleeping Simon like on a couch somewhere and Mr. Fraser nowhere to be found and no one else, everybody else is gone. Would I also be done with the thing I was going to do after I saw Paul? I guess really that's purely up to you. Um, if you wanted to, to go through the paces, as it were. Because I imagined that that's what Maggie was going to do. Okay. Practice, try it out. So okay. she probably wouldn't be looking for and Richard or Lady Elizabeth. Sure. Okay. So is that something you want to just do on camera, off camera? Do it off camera? Yes. You tend to your, um, your needs, as it were, after your meeting with Paul. And the two of you downstairs get into uh, a cab and you head to the museum. Where are we going to take Simon with us? He's asleep. No. Oh, okay. Right. Simon needed to rest, I think. Mm. Oh, yes. Absolutely needed to rest. So the museum that you are heading to is uh, the Museo di Storia and di Arte. So that's the Museum of History and Art. And the travel up there is rather interesting. You can feel the car, this little Italian car, sort of shudder on the way up the hill. And there are a couple points in it that the both of you feel it's a slightly unsettling feeling of sort of the auto's back wheels moving back and forth independently of what they're supposed to. Get that rise inside your stomach of not knowing whether or not the car is going to finish making it up the hill or not. You can hear the Bora outside this swelling wind as you creak up to the top of the hill. And that is when the taxi steps out and he helps you out of the car. Goodness. Uh, please, please be very careful on the, on the walkway. Yes, thank you. Yes. Had some experience with that last night. I'm sure we'll be fine. Sir, he helps you to the curb, Professor. 
Richard will give him a modest tip. Oh, he tips his hat. And then uh, I won't make you make strength rolls, given the number of handholds and uh, the strength of the Bora today. But at about 10 a.m. or so, the museum opens to you, which is about when you arrive. And uh, you gain entry for two lira. Slight fee. Hmm. Barely anything at all. So do they have like a guidebook or or a pamphlet or something for the museum that we can have a look at? Yeah, so in the guidebook, you see that it, it contains a fairly sizable Egyptian, Greek, and Roman collection, much of which came from private donation. They have different rooms for each. But that's something that's nice to step around and explore. It is exceedingly quiet in here. And so hearing your footsteps on the wood floor and the additional light thump of the cane as you place it in front of you before each step is, we'll say, accentuated just slightly in this uh, rather echoey hall. Professor, did your note happen to mention anything about who this Mr. Winkleman might be? Uh, is he staff? Is he part of the museum? An exhibit? <laughs> what precisely should we be looking for? I have no idea. I mean, I, I suggest that we, I don't know, start by asking the, the information desk and, uh, I don't know, I, if, if he's a member of staff, hopefully they'll know. And uh, if he's a part of an exhibit, then um, hopefully they'll be suitably informed. So shall we head over there? Yes, I'm rather hoping you can use your uh, bumbling English charm. <laughs> yes, thank you. Well, people seem to respond to it if you're looking for information. Um, I have no idea why, but... Um, Yes, you are quite right. Lady E knows exactly why. Maternal instinct of, oh, poor thing. So lost. You head over to the information desk. There's a fellow just sitting down there. Since the museum is a little slow, just having opened, he's getting uh, some things situated here on the table as far as information or charity events and that sort of thing coming up or items to potentially sell to travelers as they pass through. And he looks at you and says in a very clear and crisp voice, Buongiorno. Um, eh, excuse me, excuse me? Um, Richard's heard that on the, on, on his travels. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's trying to speak a little Italian. Um, I'm, I'm looking for a, a, a Johan Winkleman. Can, is that somebody you know of? You watch this sort of uh, strange expression blossom on this man's face. So does Richard think that he's uh, confused, just hasn't heard of him, disturbed, distressed? And no, this this truly feels like he doesn't know English very well. Oh, okay. And so he's trying very hard to hear what and understand what you're saying. Lady Elizabeth, make me a listen roll. Okay. Let's see. 19 under 64. Okay, hard success. You hear a bell at the door that you walked in before. You'd heard it when you first walked in, but you hear it again. I turn just natural sort of sort of reaction to when you hear a, a bell ring. You see two small children accompanied by an older woman walk in. 
And at the moment, you think nothing of it. It's the people behind them that draw your immediate attention afterwards. And so while Richard is sort of trying to piece together a communication language for himself and this poor museum worker, the two men that enter directly after that both have Don red fezzes begin to step the tempo up of your blood pressure. These are Turkish gentlemen, dark suits, red fezzes, and they filter into the building behind these children. They're not looking necessarily directly at the information desk, but they are looking around. Professor? Um, he, he turns around. Perhaps we should uh, move into the exhibits. Uh, why? Just, just don't make a noise. Don't cause a commotion as you are wont to do. Let's just... Uh, we need to not be here at the moment. Before that happens, I'm going to make a English roll for this man behind the desk to see if he's had any any opportunity to possibly understand. Does it help if Richard speaks slightly louder and slower like anybody in England would whilst trying to oh, convince a foreign person? Certainly. I will give him a disadvantage to <laughs> as well. <laughs> Because, of course, that's what the English do. He's actually come off fairly well. Uh, even with the disadvantaged die, it's a 24. And so that passes his English of 25. And he nods. This is after the second or third time you've gone through this cadence of, Do you know <clears throat> Johan Winkleman? And you sort of really draw it out. And he says, I, 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 I. He seems to get all of a sudden very, very excited. He says to you, uh, um, he points back out the door, uh, out uh, in, in the garden, in the garden. Ah, uh, okay. Um, um, uh, Lady Elizabeth, do, do you think um, the garden would be a suitable place to go? Yes, let's go. Uh, grazie. Grazie. He nods. And so you turn, and um, when you turn, Richard, you see uh, two two. Turkish gentlemen, dark suits, red fezzes. They're between you and the doors that you came in. Richard turns to Lady Elizabeth and... Ah. Acknowledging why uh, why she said we should get out of here. So, the garden, Professor? Uh, yes, I think so. And we head towards the garden. Yeah, use the map or brochure or pamphlet, whatever. I don't know what they give in the 1920s at museums. It's probably a pamphlet at most, but uh, you sort of keep it between you and begin moving towards the door. And so I guess what I'd like to know from the both of you is, are the two of you doing um, anything close to trying to be covert to get out from this museum? Or are you going to cast away any potential concern and just walk towards the door? The choice is yours. Hmm. I don't think I'd necessarily be stealthy. I'd just be casual, I guess, not running or causing a stir, but it's not like I'm going to be Pink Panther creeping behind statues or anything. Oh, that'd be fun, though. Oh, it's fine. As if we belong there. There's nothing nothing on, uh, out of the ordinary. We're just, just moving to the garden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any normal day. Together or apart, which one? Mm, probably together. Together makes more sense. You wouldn't have many unaccompanied young women going around public places at this point. 
you exit the doors back out onto the street at the top of the hill and are immediately greeted by the Bora. Did we have to go out the way we came in to get to the garden? Yep. Okay. The little pamphlet that you have shows the map where this um, terraced garden is nearby the museum. It's attached in the same area, um, but you have to go outside to get to the garden area. Uh, But you walk back outside. It's like basically the next shop space down. And then there's a small set of stairs that lead down into this terrace garden. Uh, And again, enough handholds that you would use. And I would say, given the strength of the wind this day, if you choose not to use the handholds or or forced not to, that's when I'll probably incur some sort of strength test to see if you can stay on your feet because of the wind itself. You walk down into this deserted terraced garden area. I certainly hope we find this, Johan. Perhaps he's a statue. Yes, that would make sense. Why anyone else would be in this weather, I have no idea. Ah, maybe maybe what we're looking for is part of Johan. Well, wouldn't be surprising. No. Although, I doubt we'd come across it so easily. But let us have a look, shall we? We are due a turn of luck, I'm sure. I would prefer not to spend too much time here considering our visitors. Yes, they've been nothing but, um, well, terrible, frankly. Such strong language, Professor. You shock me. Well, I know. You walk down these uh, terraced steps in between statuary pieces and um, sort of this built-up Roman-esque garden. And normally this would be charming. It'd be a beautiful place to spend a lazy afternoon. But today that freezing wind roars between the statues and the pillars. The garden, as you continue down, is desert. There's no one here. And there are an awful lot of Roman era or Romanesque statues here. And so I'll call for a hard spot hidden roll. That's a no for me. 77 over 63. Uh, 84. These aren't doing any better. Okay, so I can offer you both the option to push if you'd like. Or spend luck, obviously. I can't spend it down to a hard success, not from 77. Okay, failure works as well, depending upon if you're willing to accept. Well, I mean... I'll push the roll. Yeah, I think Richard will as well. 26. And 75. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) So we'll deal with the failed push roll first. Martin, you're coming down these terraced steps and you come upon a statuary piece uh, just at the far part of the terrace garden here. And it's a very beautiful depiction of uh, a male figure who was wreathed, it seems, in flame. And you walk up to it and you begin working through the lettering that you see here. And you're convinced that this statue was dedicated by Winkleman. For a moment there, I thought Richard was going to suffer some more trouser injury. I mean, we've got time. On the other hand, Lady Elizabeth, you find yourself walking for shelter. It's very cold. And as you walk for shelter, 
you come upon a slight slope of where this terrace is. And there is a replica of this Roman temple at the bottom of it. And by replica, I mean there's a few arches and some of the additional pillars and and pottery stands that make up the, the front part of it. And you notice that sheltered by this plane of trees, which bow before this icy blast the Bora gives off, there's a little movement in there. And it's a bit intriguing. It's really the only place someone could go and not be consumed by the cold. So I'll move in that direction then, out of curiosity. So I'm never able to stop myself when I'm curious. Will be your undoing, obviously. Um, I, I, I think the ripe ones over here. Um, I, these, these engravings. Can, can you read this? I, I think they were written by um, Johann Winkleman, perhaps. Um, give me a moment, Professor. Surely you can, you can have a look. I've got uh, something interesting over here. Richard, you get a, you get the feeling that. Uh, you, you, you've got the right one here. You just need to figure out where his name sits at, where it's dedicated at, and sort of begin walking around this statue in the garden there. For your part, Lady Elizabeth, you head off towards this Roman temple front. And so the two of you sort of lose sight of each other. Always down for splitting the party. It's split in a bunch of pieces. Richard, when you get to the backside of this statue, which is slightly out of the wind, just based off of where the boar is blowing from. Standing in front of you is a man in a dark suit with a very red fez on. And you get this smell that comes off of him from his tobacco. You can smell it from here. Just the sort of the harshness of the tobacco. Richard will... As soon as he realizes what's going on, just kind of pretend he's seen something more interesting and just sort of subtly move away. You feel his eyes on you. You feel them lock with you. And even though you notice and give him a look and then begin to move off, you can tell that uh, he's very much gotten a good look at you. And you hear a series of words come out of his mouth. They're not English. Do they sound like normal words, or would they be something sort of occulty? No, it sounds like something you might have heard in um, maybe in some of the uh, more diverse districts of London before. Hmm. Yeah, Richard's definitely going to be heading over towards Lady E at, at a slightly higher speed. Very good. And heading over towards Lady E. So for you, Lady Elizabeth, you make it to the entrance, this sort of grand archway of, uh, of the temple, and I will give you an additional spot hidden roll. So many spot hidden rolls today. Yep. We're ticking that box for sure. <laughs> I've already ticked it, so it's too bad I can't tick it multiple times. 19? Yes, 19. Okay. So you notice sort of in the middle of this archway, is it it goes in for, for a little while. It's not just a single arch. It's a little thicker than that. There's something on the wall up here. Uh, it's a little high up. You might even need a ladder. 
but there's something there that is caught your eye. It's a, a relief there. It's well executed, but the proportions of it are what draw your attention. They're subtly wrong. There's something that doesn't fit. And that's really what draws your attention to it. You see a group of humans depicted on this sort of relief, and they're making offerings to a group of animal spirits. And the animal spirits look like something completely out of place for Italy at all. They look like they're Oriental in nature. They're a little stockier than traditional Oriental. Are they drag oriental dragons you've seen the pattern like that before just in some of your studies of fashion and well books these are sort of stockier versions of the human figures here depicted or appear fairly worn a few of them are even missing limbs you become a little concerned about what's going on in the picture maybe how far back some of this goes Romans had a ton of different, strange ways of thinking about things, right? But this relief, this this depiction is very strange, specifically because the reptilian figures, these sort of squat, puffed-up dragons, seem to be very fresh. Perhaps even carved no recently than yesterday. But the humans are... Drift. They're they're the sort of fingers of time have had their way on them. So it looks like someone added something to an existing relief. No, that is part of what makes your brain flip flop on this. It doesn't look like they were added. It doesn't look like it's recent, in the sense that there's no dust here at the base of the archway. There's no there's no show show or sign of work around this that makes you think that someone came in and put it there but it's the vibrancy of that portion of the relief the humans depicted here look like the bora have had their way the wind the erosion but not those dragons professor when you step back around and begin to look for lady elizabeth you hear behind you a word in english you do recognize because it's often used in your direction professor Richard is getting nervous. He's going to ignore it, at least for the first time. Walk slowly towards Lady E. The Bora wind howling here between the two of you. You feel the buffeting against your own skin and your own suit. It's unfortunately blowing directly at you. And over that wind, you hear the na- your title again. Professor. He turns around very, very slowly. Yes. You see the man slowly step towards you. Not in a a slow pace at all. In the sense that he's very driven. He knows exactly what he wants. And he adjusts the fez under the, the strength of the bora so it doesn't come off. And he gets within, say, about three meters or so from you. How long will you keep running? I... Um, what do you mean? Your woman. She knows. She has been told. He will not be denied, Professor. What do you... What do you mean? Can, can, can you explain? Certainly. 
He takes a couple more steps forward and you get the full personality directly in front of you. He's a Turkish man, darker skin, mustache, somewhat oiled hair, dark suit, uh, darker tie. Looks like dark burgundy. You have played a merry game collecting pieces. Um, pieces? How long will you play dumb? I, um, might I inquire? Uh, um, who, who do you represent exactly? I represent he who will not be denied. I'm, yes, I mean, that's a, um, well, a, an interesting title. Um, does your master have a name? He does. And would you care to share it with me? I would. He leans forward and you hear sounds come out of his mouth that cut through the Bora wind like it doesn't exist. And now you make a power roll. <laughs> Bugger. Contested, of course. On the one hand, I'm very glad Lady E came along so the professor didn't do this trip by himself like he was going to. On the other hand, I'm suddenly very worried that Lady E is here. Ooh. Thirteen. Ooh, that's an extreme. Ooh, very good. The words that he says to you, you hear as the skinless one. But when you hear them, you hear them overlaid with a ton of different... It's not music. It's this sort of broken harpsichord that gets sandwiched along with it. And you feel a, a deep and welling pressure on the center of your forehead. Like someone tried to take two fingers and poke you in the head with it. And it's something you absolutely have to shake off. You have to react to it. But you think whatever he just tried didn't work. And when you blink and come to, you realize that um, he's bleeding from the eyes now. But he hasn't stopped staring at you. Hmm. Does his vision look like it's obscured? Maybe a little. He's not reacting to the blood welling out of his tear ducts, though. Mm. He's sort of just letting the wind streak it against his cheeks and into his mustache. Um, Richard very, very confidently takes a handkerchief from his suit pocket and hands it to him. I, I think you have a leak. I think you have a leak. He jerks open his jacket. You see a pistol in his hand. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Richard's going to try a... Running. That's a fantastic idea, Professor. Just make sure you don't do it Prometheus style and run away in a straight line. So, um, what is your dexterity, Professor? Yes, that's an interesting question. Um, it is. So what Richard, just, just glossing over that one, what Richard's going to try and do is kind of, there's lots of statues and things here, and we all know that mm -hmm. stone is impervious to bullets, which is a, a really good property of stone. Um, so Richard's going to try and, um, you know, run away at high speed and, and dive off behind a statue so that he has no clear line of sight. And 50 is the answer. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic idea. 50. Oh, so he does plan to use this pistol. And so that is the only way he would get the bonus to his initiative is, of course, intent. And so he will go before you. And so I guess the question is, is. Will the professor not get shot today? Mm -hmm. And that's only something that I can determine, obviously. But um, yeah, you go for the statue at your immediate left, which you know is big enough. The base is big enough to take cover in. 
and he pulls the trigger. That's a 56, a point higher than his firearms roll. So you get missed. And you duck behind the statue. Um, Lady Elizabeth, a, a pistol goes off in the garden. My immediate thought is, what did he do now? And my second thought is cover. Yeah, I, I think the second thought is probably a good thought. So is there something in this like, hallway area that I'm in that I can hide behind or stand behind or anything I can disappear into? Mm-hmm. It's an archway. <laughs> I mean, oh, there's a nice potted plant over there that you could probably kneel behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, th- there aren't any statues around this arch or anything. No, no. I mean, okay. you'd have to go outside to get to one of the nearest okay. statues, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to put yourself closer to the gunfire. You figure. Yeah. No. Okay. So I'll, I guess, go, go kneel behind the plant and hope nobody sees me, because I don't know if they know that I'm here or not. Okay. We'll keep it nice and lively, Richard. The last time that you um, had the opportunity to act, you ducked behind a statue. Um, and so you can get your action now. I guess what would your action be? You're behind the you're behind the statue. You're going to run. I think running is a good idea. Hmm. So Richard doesn't have any weapons. He's unlikely to be able to manhandle this kind of submission. And anything left really is to run. Fair enough. Then I will ask, what is your destination? Where are you running? You're in a terraced garden, so you could go back up towards the street level, or you could run into the archway area. I think he'd probably run into the archway area. Um, And the logic for that being that uh, he saw a couple of these guys in the museum, so there's a few around, and he thinks there are probably likely to be less of them actually inside. There might be some waiting for him outside. Fair enough. You will be running, and so you'll be at disadvantage when he shoots next. What's your move? Seven. Okay. You're going to head for the arch? Yeah. Okay. Because you're a moving target. I will give him disadvantage. Let's see what happens to you, Professor. All right. So that is... You might get very lucky here. The first roll is a seven, which is an impale. Does it stand? It does not. It does not. It's an 87 now. You get fired at again. Lady Elizabeth, a bullet buzzes by your head through the archway. Not directly, but you hear it overhead. Yeah, I'm not moving. Richard runs into the archway area. You see him full blast running in here. And that will take us out of rounds. On the edges of your perception, Lady Elizabeth, you hear someone else running. But over the wind, Richard, you don't hear anything because the blood in your ears has totally taken over any ability for you to pick up auditory beyond the wind. You are on full alert, and so you're not hearing it. Now that Richard is running through, I'm going to, I guess, pull up from where I'm hiding and go with him. I ducked for cover because I didn't want to leave him here by himself, but it's like, okay, he's running. Time to go. Definitely shooting at us then. It's these these Turkish people, the ones that um, set fire to Professor Smith's house. Uh, I hope they hadn't noticed we were here. Come on, let's go. We need to. Oh. We need. We need to get out of here. We we can't do this. No, without Simon or, or Fraser. Yes, I, I think you're right. Oh dear. Okay, I'm gonna move the camera to Miss Bellinger, who has um, finished up with her morning. We'll say constitutional, 
and is now back in the middle of the conjoined room and feeling much more adjusted. Yes, so it seems that everyone is gone or asleep. Seems that way. I would probably check on Fraser to make sure that he's. this really isn't like him, So, and, and no one else is around to see to it, so... I suppose the job's on me now. Certainly. So you step in. I I suppose Mr. Fraser's probably resting or relaxing in bed as best he can. Perhaps uh, Mm -hmm. reading the morning paper or even a guide on the... Perhaps the guidebook then. There's a knock on the door. Uh, um, uh, uh, One moment, please. Uh, Mr. Fraser's been poring over the uh, traveler's guide for the Orient Express looking specifically at the uh, the Trieste section of it to see exactly what uh, what it has to say about the place. Um, he tends to be dozing off a little bit as he's been reading it, though, which is um, is really not like him, and he's kind of he's started to uh, worry if he's, he is he is perhaps coming down with something. So he'll he'll go and uh, uh, answer the door. Ah, Miss Ballinger, yes. Uh, can I uh, can I help at all? I just wanted to make sure that you were okay. How are you feeling this morning? Um, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm very well, thank you, uh, Miss Ballinger. And how, how are you? I'm feeling fantastic. Oh, very well, very well. And uh, um, your um, oh well, your 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 time in uh, in Venice that has uh, not uh, not. Uh, Affected you too badly, I hope. Uh, no, I, I spoke with Paul th- uh, this morning, and he's prescribed some treatment, and, and I'm I'm feeling quite fine. Oh, that's... Uh, I see that everyone seems to have left, though. That's very good. Uh, yes, uh, I, I believe so. I think um, well, I think Simon was up uh, through most of the night, uh, so I, I believe he's, uh, he's resting at, at present, and, and I think... Uh, I'm not quite sure. I think her ladyship and... and uh, and the professor are uh, are out exploring the city. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where where it is they've gone. Uh, t- to be honest, uh, perhaps on on the hunt for some of the uh, clues that uh, that we've been left, as meager though they are. Yes, I wonder if they'll return soon. I I really couldn't say. Uh, would you like to uh, go and uh, see if we can find them? Perhaps. I'm sure we could. There were a couple of places that. Me and Richard had talked about going today, I believe. Oh, uh, where, where was that? You know, Lady Elizabeth, she can't refuse a library. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Like a moth to a flame, that one. Very true, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed, yes. She's uh, she's very inquisitive uh, sort, uh, yes. Are you sure you're feeling up to getting out of bed? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I'm, 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 I'm fine, yes, I'll... Uh, I'm quite happy to uh, uh, to do that. A breath of fresh air will do me good, no doubt. Well, there's a lot of air out there. I can hear it. In- indeed, yes. Uh, somewhat uh, somewhat gusty. Well, um, wh- where were you thinking of uh, of heading off to? Uh? Oh, well, I'm I'm not sure. Oh, you have the, the traveler's guide there. There were a couple of places that looked interesting on that. I do. I, I. Where, where, where were you thinking of? Uh, Personally, I, I had uh, had a notion to visit the Cathedral San Giusto. 
looks uh, looks very interesting, and uh, possibly the uh, well, there's, there's the, uh, the I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly the 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 Grotti de Postumia. Uh, I wouldn't know if you were pronouncing it incorrectly. <laughs> there's apparently some very interesting. Uh, um, geological um, formations there. I thought Simon might be interested in them. but uh, uh, Yes, that was uh, one of the places that me and Richard were uh, going to go. They they have a ride, there's a the tram or some sort of ride that goes through it. Yes, yes. Well, well perhaps we could uh, we could take that and, and, and go and have a look. Um, there's a I, I, I was once in um, the the caves uh, in, in the south of England, uh, Wookie Hole, um, it's, it's termed. Um, they have uh, some very interesting limestone formations. Uh, I, I believe this uh, this this grotto is uh, something of the like. Uh, I thought it might be quite interesting to go and, and have a look. I would feel bad going without Richard. I, I I I feel that we made a plan to do that together. Oh, I see. Of course. Well, I, I wouldn't want to interfere. Uh, well, well, shall we? Uh, shall we go and, uh, and and see if we can uh, locate them? Um, perhaps they're. Yeah, Trieste can't be that big. I wonder. Um, maybe they maybe they left word at the, at the the reception where they were headed off. Yes. Why don't we? You can get ready, and we'll head down. Yes. Yes. I'm uh, sorry. I'm, I'm I'm not feeling entirely myself today. I must admit, but um, but I'm 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 fine for a for a wee excursion. So he'll he'll head back in and rather kind of. Um, Absently, distractedly, get himself organised for a, a journey out. Out, put on a some nice warm clothing. It's rather chilly outside. Yeah, you've um, managed to recover a little bit of energy, and so you begin to try to face the day as uh, as best you can. It doesn't take too long to get back into the swing of things, but you know that you'll have to put on a, a brave face today to not uh, to not let it give away give away the game uh, how you're really feeling. Yes, he's, he's definitely feeling a bit kind of woolly-headed. His concentration's not what it usually is. And the two of you are going to inquire with the uh, desk downstairs as to where they would have gone? That was the idea, yes. Yeah. yes. I, I can't remember if they actually specified to us where, where they were headed. I had a feeling they didn't. Or if they had asked around. Either way, it's something either one of you could have forgotten about in the time, given what you've been through. Yes. Well, I know they left while I was with Paul, so... So the front desk does inform you that uh, that lady and, uh, and her uh, professor uh, seem to have gone to the art museum or the uh, history museum. They, they give you the explanation that the there there are not two museums in that regard, but they've been placed together. They were built together, so it's art and history. It's beautiful. It's at the top of the hill. They recommend everybody goes. Is that uh, on the Via della Cattedrale? Is that, uh, am I correct? They uh, nod. Oh, sp- splendid. Yes, yes. Um, looks very interesting. Some Roman uh, artifacts and, and the like, and uh, mm. Um, mm. Some, uh, some some sculpture and, and uh, a frieze, an Amazonian frieze, the guidebook mm. here half yes. says. Yes, the frieze is amazing. Yes, yes. It's not far. Perhaps we could uh, meet them there, catch up with them. Yes, that's uh, splendid, splendid. Um, what would you say is the is the best way to get there now? Um, I have a map here somewhere. Yes, uh, here, sir. They hand you a map of the area. It's just a walk up the hill. Oh, uh, marvellous. Uh, right, well, uh, 
Let's gird our loins and uh, sally forth, shall we, Miss Ballinger? Uh, certainly. I would kind of loop my arm in Mr. Fraser's arm. The two of you sort of begin to, to move back out and into the wind. For the two of you, I will ask for strength rolls to get up the hill if you're going to walk it. Every time. Here we go again. Oh, Every yeah. time. The Bora is the Bora. Mr. Fraser will probably have brought his... his um, his walking stick that he uh, he purchased, I think in was it Milan, he purchased it. That is an eighty-eight over thirty-five for one Maggie Bellinger. We'll see how uh, Fraser does. Uh, okay. Oh. Okay. I got a hard success. Fantastic. So, uh, Maggie, the st- strong arm of uh, Mr. Fraser is what keeps you up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell Fraser that. She is going to have some difficulty with the wind as you go up the hill. But you manage, even with the, the little rest and the weakness, you manage to soldier on up the hill. Oh, uh, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll hold this. Uh, they, they have these ropes here for uh, stability. Uh, I'll uh, grab hold of one of those. You grab hold of me in between us. Uh, we'll, we'll get up this hill yet, eh? And now the both of you can make spot hidden rolls. Ooh. That is a 45 under four, or 45 over 41. That's a hard success, 36. So it doesn't take uh, much, but you get some additional details with the hard success. Uh, At the top of the hill, where you are beginning your ascent uh, at the bottom of the hill, perhaps closer to midway, at the top of the hill, you see a man run across the street. And normally, someone running across the street might not be that big of a a thing. But for you, Mr. Fraser, watching a man in a red fez run across the street away from the museum is slightly concerning. The hard success portion is in his left hand, which he's facing towards you as he moves from right to left, is the rather noticeable silhouette of a revolver. Miss Ballinger, Miss Ballinger, look, look. There's one of those Turkish chappies there. I, he's got a he's got a revolver in his hand. We haven't run into them in quite some time. No, no, he's in some haste as well. I, I think, uh, I think, perhaps we should uh, we should move as quickly as we can. Uh, the professor and her ladyship might be in some some trouble. Well, should we move towards him or away from him? Well, I, I think we should go and assist them if we can. Uh, well, do you think they're being chased or they're the chaser? I don't know. I, I don't know. All I, see, all I saw was a, a man in a red fez run across the road in haste, uh, carrying a revolver. Uh. Oh dear. Okay. Yes. Let's let's move quickly. All right. The two of you move quickly up the rest of the way of the hill. Um, so you get to the top, and you can see where this entrance to the terrace starts, and then as it goes down, it sort of curves into this Roman temple portion. You can tell by the archway and some of the pictures that you saw in the Traveler's Companion. Continuing on up the hill, just slightly further up, you would see the entrance to the museum. You don't think he came just from the angle, Fraser. You don't think he came out of the museum. You think he came out of this terraced area. So for our two investigators down in there, uh, things have quieted down. And getting a better look around this space, you realize that the the archway goes back and this, this temple has a bit more space to it. And there are things that could be further explored in here. But, Professor, you 
you sort of run into the opening here and you would see Lady Elizabeth crouched near um, cover of this planter that's near the temple. Ah, um, Lady, Lady Elizabeth, um, do you, what, what do you think we should do? Um, escape or? Does it sound like the shooter is running towards us? I suppose you really wouldn't be sure. You wouldn't hear any more footsteps. Well, I, I don't hear anything, so but perhaps they've left. If they're gone, we might as well have a look. Yes, I mean, well, hopefully somebody's called the police. I mean, perhaps that's what they're afraid of. I mean, that's what I would do. Yes, well, if we have the time, we might as well take a look. Well, we are here, aren't we? I mean, we must find this Johan Winkleman. So you're going to get up and look around? I think so. Okay. So, taking a look around this space, there's an awful lot to see here. There's an awful lot of this space sort of deeper in the temple. It's windowless. Your eyes slowly adjust. You can see that there are a few cats in one corner that are all bundled up out of the wind. They seem to be sleeping together, three or four of them. By the far wall, there's a sarcophagus that rests on a marble base. Atop the sarcophagus is a reclining figure, winged and holding a medallion with a man's head in profile. Is there any writing around the sarcophagus or the winged figure or the medallion? Are you going to go look at it? Well, I think we should. Okay. Sort of begin slowly walking over towards the sarcophagus. The cats in the one corner stretch legs first and then one of them gets up and stretches its back and sits back down and watches you from a sitting position. It's at this point, Miss Bellinger and Mr. Fraser, you reach that terrace garden and begin a descent then. I'm going to say, Miss um, Ballinger, uh, why don't you um, go the direction the man was running from uh, and see if you uh, see if they're down that way and I'll head the direction he's running to in case he's chasing after them. Yes, that, 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 that makes the most sense. And both of you would smell gunpowder like in the area. Shots are being fired, Miss Ballinger. Shots are being fired. Yes, we must hurry, and Maggie will rush off. So you two split. Yep. Maggie, you go down the terrace steps, and Fraser, you sort of turn and look at the side street where this fellow ran down and head down that way. So, Professor, you get to this sarcophagus, and it's rather interesting embellishments. A nice base, that marble base, and then um, that sort of reclining figure holding medallion with a man's head in profile. And you see that there is an inscription on the side of it. Can Richard make out what it is? Does he speak Latin? Absolutely not a word of the language. No, but Lady E does. Um, Lady E, do you, do you, do you, I have no idea what these markings are. It's called Latin, Professor. Ah. I would assume you would have picked some up from your studies in mathematics. Well, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? I never was one for witches and, and all that. So my Latin is 50, Mike. Mm -hmm. It's not role required at 50. Okay. And so you see a name, Ioni Nkomano, and then a date. And so you see Johan Winkelmann. And then you, the date you see is June 8th, 
1768. Either one of you have archaeology? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I have base in it. I have 1%. I mean, it could happen. <laughs> it certainly could. I would not prevent you from rolling it just because if you fumbled, it would be funny. Oh, go on then. I mean, what's the chance that that's going to happen? I got a 48 over 1, but it's not a fumble, so... It's a good roll, it's 18, but it isn't 1. I mean, could spend 17 luck, Professor. No, no, I might need that. (laughs) Maybe. Well, you've deciphered the name at the very least, and the numbers, Lady Elizabeth. And so that's definitely something. And if this is some sort of what it seems to imply some sort of tomb then Johann Winkelmann is dead and has been for little over 150 years well I think he might be perhaps buried here professor this is from quite a while ago 1768 yes I must admit from the um, the note it I was under the impression we needed to, to talk to Johann Winkelmann, but I fear that's probably um, somewhat out of the question. Unless you know a handy necromancer. Well, it's funny you should say that. Um, Richard gets out his device. I could try using this, of course. I mean, I've been able to look backwards before. Well, you might as well give it a try. A sort of necromancy. Yes, yes, I will. Yes. Why not? Why not? I get out a note, a little notebook to take notes on what happens to him this time. <laughs> All right, Professor, you understand the name of the game and how this works? Yes. So Richard is going to go for green because he believes that that gives him some vision of the past. And hmm, I don't know, maybe pink. I've not quite worked that out yet, but um, that sort of feels appropriate intuitively. Hmm. Even though they're a terrible combination, green and pink, but uh, we'll give it a go. Hmm. Okay, interesting. So that is a power roll from you. Never good when you keep us as interesting. Oh, zero five. That's uh, an extreme success. Fantastic. Roll a d6 for me. That's a five. Okay, so you'll use five MP. Would it be safe to say that would have been back up to maximum after the sleep? Mm, you didn't lose any while you were sleeping. Mm. And so, yes. Yeah. So he's down to 11 now. Mm-hmm. All right. You dial in the device and you begin to stare at this sarcophagus in this area. And as you do, the sort of feeling comes over you, shivery, cold feeling. You feel the Bora wind like there are no walls to this space. You're taken to a a different location. You see a different vision. You see an older man, probably in his mid-50s, maybe, maybe more. Depends on how hard of a life he's led. He's walking here in Trieste. You can see that he's got a fresh sort of purpose to him. He seems very concerned. And you can tell this because he keeps looking around and he sort of comes into this space, this terrace space where much of the things that are around you now 
all of the additional items are freshly laid into place. And he sort of looks around and he comes to this sarcophagus portion and he seems to almost lovingly stroke the body of this sarcophagus. And you hear a voice behind you and it says sort of into the scene, a fantastic addition to the city. And you see this figure turn. And where you're standing, you see this gentleman who'd been examining the sarcophagus, this concerned man, look back at a man that stands across from him. And he says, I knew you'd catch up with me eventually. And as this other man comes into view, you see someone of Italian origin, never seen the person before in your life. And he's wearing a a suit tailored in the day, sort of it's mid 18th century fashion. So definitely dated. And from inside the folds of the suit, he takes out a very long blade. He says, I'll have the medallion, Winkleman, now. And you see Winkleman sort of cast his hands aside, outstretched and says, I don't have it and you won't get it. So you can kill me all you like, but I will live on here forever. With sort of this strange Italian flair, like, ah, very well. This man steps forward and after a few moments, seizes Winkleman by the jacket and then brutally stabs him to death. And you feel every single steel blow that comes down. You feel it in your chest, in your gut. You feel your own innards sort of spill out onto the floor here. And you end up tipped over on your side because of the pain of the vision. And it's really more than you can bear at the moment. So from the outside, Lady Elizabeth, the professor has a series of what appear to you to be seizures while using the device. And he eventually falls over, collapses onto the floor, writhing in pain. And it's this sound of the professor screaming in pain that you pick up on when searching for what happened to your friends, Miss Bellinger. I'm going to try and get the device off his face. It won't come off. Maggie would certainly be rushing towards the noise. Um, but while you try to, to do that, Lady Elizabeth, I'd like you to make an intelligence roll. Okay. No, 74 over 65. You're sort of fighting with the device and you're trying to get it off from his face, but it's really clamped on. Uh, Richie, you sort of come out of it and you feel that someone's trying to grab at your head. And for a minute, you sort of have this disassociation between your body and the dream and what happened in the vision. And so you, you think you're being stabbed in the head. <laughs> so you, you react a, a little strange. <sighs> Richard mutters something unintelligible. Maggie, you enter the scene. Richard, Lady Elizabeth, is everything okay in here? I heard screaming and we saw a Turkish gentleman with a gun and Mr. Fraser chased after him in that direction and I came this way and I just, I heard Richard screaming. Help me get this off him. Miss Bellinger, he's, he's in some distress. Maggie will try to aid Lady Elizabeth in getting the device off of the professor. Okay. 
Once Richard has his sense about him for a minute, which takes probably 10 or 15 seconds, Professor, you know sort of internally how to take the device off. And so the, the ladies, as, as much as they want to help, they sort of make it harder for you to get at where you need to get at. But you, you all three eventually hear the metallic release, the, the sort of metal releases that come with the, the, the device being taken off. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, 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 I'm okay. It was... Um... Richard, I could hear you screaming. Does happen, but um, I'm I'm fine. It was a disturbing, disturbing event. I I saw poor Mister Winkleman get stabbed. Well, there was a Turkish man with a gun. Did you get Did you get shot at? Well, only twice, but um, I'm getting a little used to that. If I'm <laughs> completely honest, and they did seem to go away. I don't know why, but um, well, Mister Fraser went after them. Fantastic. He's very. Handy, isn't he? Well, he could be in danger now. Oh, oh yes. I, I, uh, was Simon with him? No, Simon is sleeping. Oh, I see. I don't know what to do. Perhaps, oh, I don't know. Um, should we help Mr. Fraser, Lady Elizabeth, or? Well, I won't be of much use. I doubt I can even catch him. Um. But if you think you can be of assistance, Professor, with your, just sort of look him up and down. Brawling skills? Lack of firearm training? Yes. By all means. I... I, I... Uh, Miss Bellinger, do you feel like using your godly powers to assist Mr. Fraser? Oh, um, what, what is that? Ah, oh, it worked then. Very well. Richard looks relieved. So, I think perhaps we should get back to the hotel for the moment. Maybe we can wake up Simon and... He can provide some assistance. It was horrible walking up that hill. Oh, you didn't take a taxi? No, they... The hotel provided us with one. The hotel suggested that we walk. Oh. Ah, I see. Well, perhaps the wind can just blow us back to the hotel. I'd prefer not. Mr. Fraser, you head down a street or two. Hmm. And sort of as you get a couple blocks hustled down there you you begin to sort of wonder with all the streets and all the buildings here where there's any number of places this gent could have gone and so if you truly want to track him it it would be a, a track roll i'll give it a shot um, it's not exactly his forte but uh i know he might uh, possibly have uh, dropped something in his haste to get away certainly certainly well, with an 87 over 10, I don't think Mr. Fraser is finding anything of any use at all. <laughs> no, you find a nice cafe you could potentially stop at later, but other than, other than that, uh, <laughs> uh, perhaps, a, perhaps a, have tea there at some point, but not not what you were looking for, unfortunately. And after, say, about you know two blocks this way, two blocks that way, you, with the wind... And the way you're feeling, it's a lot to a lot of energy to put out to not have any sort of results. And so you think maybe well, yeah, he'll he'll stand on a, a street corner for a moment or two, scratching his head, and and realize that he has no idea which way this this man's gone. If he was chasing after um, somebody, then there's chances of finding them a, a, a um, like a needle in a haystack. Um, so he's going to uh, hurry back um, to the uh, uh, the place where he left Maggie um, 
and uh, just see if she's had any joy. If, if perhaps, perhaps with any luck, this uh, this fellow was running away from them rather than after them. Well, um, heading back down into the garden terrace area, you meet up with the three of them: the professor, Maggie, and Lady Elizabeth, who um, coming out of this um, sort of Roman temple area that's been created. Thank goodness, goodness, there you are. Oh, uh, this, this, this Turkish fellow, um, he was running across the street. Uh, I, I suppose Miss Ballinger has, has told you. Uh, are you all right, your ladyship? Are you all right, Professor? Yes, well, well, I'm fine. Thank you. The professor has had a bit of a turn. I think we should get back to the hotel for the moment. I don't know how many of the uh, Turkish gentlemen are still around. There were a couple of them earlier. We only saw one of them here, so I think we should leave. You're, you're not shot, are you, Professor? I could smell gunpowder in the air. No, I mean, he did try, but um, I was able to evade him, and I used the um, the statues to hide behind. Aye, aye, well, yes, indeed. Uh, statues, sir. Good. Well done, well done. Uh, did you uh, did you find anything of, uh, of merit while you were here? Well, yes, there's a sarcophagus there. Um, uh, possibly something to do with this Johann Runkelmann that uh, Professor Smith asked us to seek out. However, he's been dead for over a hundred years. Oh, oh so, so he's not a, a curator or something then? Uh, no, as I thought he may have been. I got the impression he was yeah, someone we were supposed to talk to. But, uh, right. Uh, um, well, well, that's a, uh, something of a, uh, a dead end. Oh, I, <laughs> very funny. What's, what's the relevance of, of, of him then? I, I don't know. I mean, I... I saw a vision of him, and he mentioned a medallion. I was... A vision? Well, you know, um, with the device. Oh, you didn't try that on again, did you? Oh, for goodness sake, man. Only slightly. It it did seem appropriate at the time. Oh, are you, are you all right? Did it... Uh... I'm fine. Oh, you don't look very fine to me. Um, but you did get more information then? Yes. Um, uh, something about a medallion and uh, a, a gentleman was trying to take it off him and uh, he said he'd never find it, never get it. I was wondering if it was something along the lines of, um, you remember, um, the, uh, the taxidermist when we entered another land and it was sort of hidden in the, uh, kind of like that alternative reality, that, that dream world. I, I was wondering if it perhaps might be, I don't know, a similar thing. Perhaps what we're looking for isn't really here, but perhaps there's, I don't know, some sort of gateway or some sort of mechanism that uh, that will enable us to get there from maybe the sarcophagus. I, I feel the answer is to um, uh, perhaps, I don't know, I mean, uh, excavate. Do you think? I think whatever that thing has done to you has turned your head, sir. Uh, alternative realities? What on earth is that supposed to mean when, it, when it's at home? Well, Professor Smith, do you not remember at the Challenger lectures he was um, explaining that uh, time and things... And Richard just goes off and witters on absolutely unintelligibly for about five minutes. As the wittering goes Academic on... Academic nonsense. <laughs> the four of you are making your way back to the hotel, uh, which you enter back to the common area before splitting to your rooms with a slight bit of an uproar enough to likely wake... Uh, a sleeping Griffith, as we say. 
So it's only been a few hours, Simon, but uh, there's enough of an upturn, an upstart, that uh, it's fairly clear that something is happening out in that common room. Uh, you think that this medallion that you saw in your vision is, is somehow connected? Well, it, it has to be. Everything appears to be connected, doesn't it? Um, I mean, the professor was suggesting that we look for this Johann Winkelmann. He's hiding a medallion. I mean... It's only natural that it's significant, surely. Well, I, I, I suppose, perhaps. I, I I thought we were just looking for, for some sort of parchments and, and pieces of this simulacrum. Now there's medallions as well. Well, I'm, 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 oh, give me a moment. I'm, I'm going to see if, if, if Simon's woken. Yes. I'll go and knock on his door. Simon opens the door. Ah, there you are. Uh, did you get some sleep, Simon, there? Uh, I got a little, but I was woken up by all of y'all. Did you all have a good trip to the museum? Well, I, I, I'll, I'll let, let the professor and, and her ladyship t- tell you the tale. It's uh, been some, well, it's been some incidents occurring. How are you feeling, Jim? Oh, I'll get by. And the professor will just recount the story again to uh, to Simon. Most most unusual, but um. Perhaps if you and Mr. Fraser could go along with us, um, we could, um, I don't know, perhaps explore the sarcophagus. Yes, yes, that's a good word for it. You think um, this medallion might be inside somewhere? Um, yes. I have. You're not talking about opening up a grave, are you? Um, I would prefer to think of it as um, an exploratory exercise rather than a... Yes... I don't know about that. I mean, that's, you know, sacrilegious, that is. Professor? Yes? Did any of you see any stores for, like, tools or anything like that? Um, I mean, we took a taxi. I, I believe the others walked. Um, we didn't see too much of uh, <laughs> uh, what was going on outside. Found a nice cafe. Now, Jim, I am worried about you. I don't think you got enough sleep after that, but if we're going to be uh, dealing with sarcophaguses or or Turks or anything like that... Sarcophaguses, sarcophagi... Is it sarcophagus or sarcophagi? Or sar- Does it take the Latin or the Greek? I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. I haven't run across many in Appalachia, but... um. Does it particularly matter? I, I don't think so, but I was thinking if we could get like... Hmm crowbar or something some form of lever we're going to be moving some weight here correct no 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 no, no. hold hold your a moment there simon you're not seriously talking about breaking into a man's tomb are you i mean really that's beyond the beyond well how do you know the man is even in there this is true we broke into the floor before and the floor there's nothing in there this is this is, I mean, this is a burial ground. You, you need all sorts of paperwork. And, 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 you know, you can't be doing that. Poor man's buried there. It's, no, 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 no. I, no, I don't. I, no, I know. I, I can't fool that. No. Jim, I, I agree with you. We should check the museum first for the medallion. It might be in there. But it also might just be faster if we have some of the tools inside our jackets or coats. I mean, what tools for what, though? I mean, what do you? I, I, I don't, I don't understand what you. 
No, 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 no. I'll have no part of this. I'll I'll have no part of grave robbing. No, no. Then you can stand watch, sir. That's no. You've missed my point, man. Yeah, I think I believe that's part of the having part in it. If he's keeping watch. Well, what if we open it? If there's a person in there, we leave it alone. If we open it and there's no person in there, then we don't need to explore any further. Oh, we do. We do. No, that's just... You're equivocating, Miss Ballinger. You, you, you can't even... You, what if you open it up and you found a, a, a man's skeleton in, in there with the medallion round his neck? What are you going we to do then? we take the medallion. Eh? What if we open it up and the man is in there with a piece of the simulacrum? Precisely the definition of grave robbing. A slight point here for you, uh, Miss Ballinger. Every time you've encountered a piece of simulacrum, you have felt a very significant temperature change. Mm-hmm. There was no such change in that room. You'd know that. Mm. But I would still want to make the argument to Fraser, I think. I'm just, I'm just giving you a clear mm-hmm. uh, sort of information. Maggie knows I won't find it that fast. <laughs> Fraser, I understand what you're saying, but unfortunately we're in a situation that we may need to open up this sarcophagus. You're just guessing, man. You don't know you need to do it. You're just jumping to conclusions that you need to break into a, a man's tomb and, and, and rifle through it. I, you know that, that's a- that we could consider other leads for Mister Fraser's comfort. Uh, I'm assuming you haven't been to the library yet. Um, me and uh, my, myself and Richard do have a, a trip to the. The, the caverns, the caves, are planned, I believe. So I, um, there, there, I mean, there are other ways that we could explore if it would make Mister Fraser feel better for us to take those options first. And perhaps, Mister Fraser, you would like to accompany me to the library. Aye, aye, your ladyship. Uh, if, if 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 it's all the same, I would. Aye, I, I, I feel that you're. <sighs> You're leaping at, 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 at straws. That's not the right thing. Now, that's how Lady E knows Fraser didn't sleep well because he's mixing his metaphors. You can't just go off half cocked, you know? You've got, a, a, you've, you've got to find out what, what it's about first, you know? It's, it, you've got to. And he's, he's really starting to get kind of flustered and, and befuddled, trying to trying desperately to construct a a coherent sentence, but not doing terribly well. Mr. Fraser, perhaps this is a discussion we need to just end for now. We have other avenues we can explore. Let us take those, let us learn some more information, so that if whatever we end up needing to do, we are prepared for it with whatever we can find. So, calm yourself, Mr. Fraser. Yes, I, I do apologize, Your Ladyship. I do apologize. I'm, 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 I'm not quite myself today. There's nothing to apologize for, Mister Fraser. You're under a lot of stress, and you haven't slept very well. It gets to the best of us. So, I would suggest we make a plan for exploring our other avenues. I plan to go to the library, which should come as a great shock to all of you. And the rest of you can decide what you would like to do next. Well, I, I think it should. Uh, I, I, I think we should have a, a spot of lunch and a nice cup of tea. That sounds fantastic. In fact, I'll put that on the order for our listeners as well.
And so thank you so much for joining us for this episode or on the Orient Express. We greatly appreciate your listening ears. So we will see you next week.